Amen. Thanks, Luke. Um, I do see it as an amazing privilege to be the shepherd of this house. And on Monday, we had a, we had a team from the Fire and Fragrance people. Who have you met them last week? So yeah, I really enjoyed them, especially their heart for prayer. So on Monday, we had, we had prayer, um, just worship and prayer, mixing that together. Um, so they were leading, leading worship. No, it wasn't amplified, but we filled this room just with worship. And it was only like 30, yeah? I think between 30 and 40 of us. Uh, it was so funny that uh, Lujan, he started joining first just one drum. And then eventually when I opened my eyes, the full drum kit was packed out. <laughs> so as, as we were going on, he was just taking from the storeroom the whole drum kit and assemble it right in front of us. And I, I, was just, I was standing there and I was thinking, wow, God, what an amazing privilege to, to shepherd people that's really after Jesus. Because that's something that I... If we fail at everything else, if the coffee is bad, the welcoming is bad, the preaching is bad, but people are after Jesus, then we've made it, we, we were successful. I remember my dad, when, when I just arrived in, in George, my dad looked at that stage, we only had two kids, I looked at them and he said, Amor, if there's no people in the church, but you've had a success with them leading them to Jesus, that is a success. If that's the only reason why you came to George is for your for your kids to be saved and to know Jesus, that is a massive success. So I just want let's, to, let's just start, let's give a hand to Jesus and what he has done in our lives, all of our lives. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So while we were worshiping, I also felt like God saying, we, I'm going to change my sermon a little. So... We're going to start off with what I was, was planning to say, and then we're going to go into something that maybe some of you have never experienced, and that's deliverance. Who of you have been involved in a deliverance session? Okay, so it's, we're talking about demons. Who of you have heard of demons? Who of you have read the scriptures and saw that they are actually they're talking, talking about demons? Do you know that we don't have to be scared of them, but also we need to know that they have influence on our lives, and God's want, God wants to set us free so we can go into the promised land. And what I, was, what I felt God saying is, we're going, from, we're going out of Egypt, but also Egypt must get out of us before we can get into the promised land. There's a reason why, we, why the, the, the Israelites went through the Red Sea to get all of Egypt out of them, out of their system. And that's why baptism is such a, it's such a powerful, symbolic um, and spiritual significant moment because what you're saying you're saying hey i've already made that confession of following jesus but now i'm go going through the red sea i'm going under the water dying leaving all of egypt all of my past behind and i want to be resurrected into who jesus is so that i can fulfill the plans that he has for me and i felt like the holy spirit saying Amo, you've actually backed down and telling the whole truth to this congregation. In a, in a way, like a, a rebuke to me saying, hey, Amor, you know what? They are, they are all mature Christians. And you can handle this. So I'm going to talk about just who God is, how He is with us, but also how the dem demonic world respond, responds, uh, respond to this. Okay. But let's start with just the sermon, then we're going to go on. So I want you to... If you're planning to go home at, at 8 o'clock, can you give me 15 more minutes? Okay, because we need to do a practical at the end. We're going to get rid of all of Egypt at the end. 
and we're going to go into our promised land. Because there's, there's some shackles and some stuff, whether it's anxiety or sin or the lies that you believe about yourself or depression or healing. All of that must happen tonight so you can go forth. Okay, great. Cool. We're going to do a couple of things tonight. Great. So I want you to take out your Bibles and go to these verses up there. It is, I think it's, you can see it up there. So I want you to form groups of four people, like, or you can just, could be three, but you need to read these, these scriptures to each other. And you're not allowed only to mingle with a person, in this, people in the same row. You need to turn around or meet up with the people in front of you. And then just read through all these scriptures. If you don't have a Bible, please come and get a Bible here in front. If you don't have a Bible at all, you're welcome to, to take one of these. If you can hand them out. Okay, so you need to be in a group with people that you don't know that well. So, everyone choose a verse or... And then you read that to each other. Okay, so you basically read four scriptures that saying that God is with us. Okay, so everything that denies that reality, it's a lie. So everything that denies that reality is a lie. Okay, so, and we're saying, and, and, the, and what I, what I want to get to is that we have an unfair advantage because of this. You have an unfair advantage because God is with you and He's for you. He says this in Romans 8.31. He is for you. So this is, I want you to think, Think about it in this way. So you have a little lighty, you can play a little bit of tennis. So he goes to the trials, trials in Otsuwering, and there he comes against this guy. And uh, the guy walks up, both of them, same size, Wilson rackets, everything is similar. You, you're very confident, you're, you're a little lighty, he's good at, he has ball sense, he can, he can do a few things with the tennis, tennis racket. But then... You see why well, you recognize the coach. You're like, that guy looks familiar. And then your wife taps you on the shoulder and your wife's like, you know what? Isn't that, isn't that Roger Federer? And you're like, immediately you're like, whoa, whoa, my lighty. He's going, he's up against a guy that's being coached by Roger Federer. And your wife's like, he has unfair advantage. That's unfair. How can that guy, you are almost, you didn't even play good tennis at school and now you're coaching your son. But that guy, he is coached by probably the best tennis player that ever lived. Say, <laughs> so, that is an unfair, that is an unfair advantage. But now think of this. Imagine Roger Federer, he had some he had a science project on the side, and he figured out that he could download 
all the skill, everything that he required through his tennis career, he can download onto a little hard drive and plug it into his kid. And as he plug it in, plugs it into his kid, that little nine-year-old, he gets everything that he worked so hard for. Imagine that. And now you see, you know about this technology that Roger Federer is doing on the side, a little side project. And you see, there comes the flash drive, that, and it and he plugs it into, into his kid. You were like, Buti, kom ons gaan Let's go. Because he has an unfair advantage. Not only is he coached by Roger Federer, in other words, Roger Federer is with him. He also has Roger Federer and everything that he required through his tennis career, he has inside of him. Wouldn't you say that's unfair to send your son to play against this guy? It's absolutely unfair. But that is what we have. That is what we have. It's not a flash drive. It's the Spirit of the Lord that's in us. And everything that Jesus accomplished on the cross or through His life is in us. So the moment you walk outside of this building, you have an unfair advantage over everybody. Not to destroy them, but to serve them. But to actually have an impact in this world. So if you're a Christian, you're not allowed to say, Oh, I've been so unjustly treated. I'm so, I was being so unfairly treated by this. You're actually like, man, what a, what a privilege. I have, because I have God with me. I have always, I have the unfair advantage, even in the midst of unjust circumstances, even in the midst of troubles, even in the midst of a storm, I have an unfair advantage. Even over my circumstances, I have it. I have control over everything because the Spirit of the Lord, it's not, only Ro- it's not Roger Federer in me, it is God of the universe that is in me. So, is that true? If I'm telling a lie, you can walk out the door right now. But now, we need to live this. That is the challenge. It's a challenge for me too. We need to live this. So, I don't know if if you guys are Survivor fans. My wife and I, we love a little bit of Survivor. Especially after last year. There were actually two people from Shofar, not from this church, in this this year's Survivor. Um, Rocco and Meryl. I don't know if you... Last year, there was also a Werner Werner that, that played in... In Survivor. So in Survivor, what you, you play for, for immunity. So if you win a game, then you have immunity, so they can't vote you out. So then this lady, she gets uh, a clue, and it says that there's immunity, uh, immunity idol at the tribal council, so she can take it and she can play it. In other words, if she plays that thing, nobody can vote her out. But what she didn't know is that people were planning to vote her out. So she takes it, and she keeps it for herself for the whole tribal council, and then she gets voted out. So she goes home with the unfair advantage. And I think so many times we as Christians, we have that. We're like, oh, I go into this fight, not with people, with a circumstance, with a mountain, with a Goliath. And then, and you're like, oh, you got beaten and then you walk out. But you you had the immunity idol. You had the unfair advantage. You just didn't play it. So how are you going to play this unfair advantage? How do you do that? How do you do that? So if God is with you, then we have the privilege 
of, in everything that we do, worship Him, and that is your unfair advantage. That in everything that you do, you can worship Jesus Christ. If somebody comes to you and say, you wow, you're such an idiot. You are a loser. Mm-mm-mm. And you're going to get that, by the way, if you're a Christian. You're going to get that. Then you have the advantage because God is with you. You have an unfair advantage even in this situation. And you can bless this guy. So with your communication, you bless him. You say, I'm going to worship the Lord in the way that I respond in this situation. And I'm going to say, hey, brother, I love you. There was a, there was a friend at Stellenbosch. So he was playing second team for Mayuba. And um, in, a, in a ruck, like the guy on his face just booted it, like rucked him on his face. He looked him in the eye and he, on his face. And there was like a big thing in, in Mayuba uh, because of that. So, and everybody saw it. So he, he rucked him and then he stood up. And then some of my friends said, and they saw Aubrey running after this guy. Now they Christian, and they, he is, Aubrey is a Christian, and they're like, how is Aubrey going to respond to this? And he runs up to him, and he says something to him, and he walks away. So afterwards, they're like, hey, Aubrey, what did you tell this guy? He said, no, I just told him Jesus loves you. <laughs> what did he do? He knew that he had unfair advantage because he doesn't have to respond out of anger. You don't have to respond out of anger. You don't have to defend for yourself. You don't have to do that because God's going to do it. And he responded in a way that's worship to Jesus. It's like that story that Kuhn told last week. I don't know if you guys were so convicted about that. Four o'clock in the morning, there was a lady somewhere in Zambia, and they were were doing outreaches, and they were on this mission station. Four o'clock, she's in the male bathroom washing, washing the floor. He... He gets up, hears the noise, he gets to her, and she says, please don't tell anybody because this is my worship. I ask God everywhere I go, I ask Him for something that nobody wants to do, and I then do it so that I can give that as worship to God. What is she doing? She's just claiming her unfair advantage that God is with her. It is, and then you open up for God to, to respond, to bless you. You open up for God to show His and reveal His heart to you. And the blessing for me these days, I don't want, I, don't, I, lo- I would love more money and I would love more, better bicycle and I love a bit, all of that is great. But me, the greatest blessing is that in that worship, you get to connect heart to heart with God the Father. And you get to know how He feels about you and how He feels about other people. That is the greatest blessing ever. And the peace of God that then comes over you is absolutely amazing. And we need to learn how to play this God more often. You have an unfair advantage. So can I challenge all of you, if you're in this church, maybe you're just, maybe you're just visiting today, but if you're in this church, we're always going to encourage each other that we're going to play the unfair advantage in worshiping Jesus in those situations, the difficult circumstances. And we're not going to complain. Yes, we can tell the truth. Hey, hey, that person really hurt me. It's very important to be able to have friends to say, hey, that person hurt you. The way that he spoke to me, it hurt me. But I'm going to respond from a place of worship, and I'm going to use this opportunity to play my unfair advantage. Because the moment I worship, I get the unfair advantage. 
Amen. So Colossians 3, 23, 24, and 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So it says that in everything you do, do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ, because you know that you will receive a reward for that unfair advantage. So my dad went through a terrible time where, where Christians persecuted him and said all, all a bunch of ugly stuff um, to him. And um, then he said to me, Omo, I read this, read this guy on how to deal with criticism and, and just people being really ugly with you. And he said, if Christians are persecuting you, and if Christians treat you badly, the worst come out on you. And that is exactly what Jesus wants to crucify. So he said, just to bring it into our context, into the topic that we're speaking about, he said that this, the worst thing that happened to him, because this was the worst thing in his life, his friends turned against him, was actually a blessing and he used it as an unfair advantage to become more Christ-like. So, wow, these guys are against me. And suddenly I realized that I'm still full of this dirt and I'm going to give it to Jesus. Wow, thank you. Unfair advantage because you're responding. Not, you're not reacting. You're responding from the place of who Christ is. Amen. Okay, then I'm going to go quickly through three things that will help you and not to, because we, we want to worship God with everything, and, but I've also seen in people's lives that we, we often negate this privilege, this unfair advantage by doing these three things. One is sin. So you have an unfair advantage, but you allow sin in your life, and all of us know, we know sin, we know what it is, and because of that, you negate the unfair advantage. You cannot, you, you don't see the fruit of that. The second one is in the way that you handle people. So I just want to read this. Sorry, it's Matthew 5, 21. You have heard that it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, that just means idiot, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. So this bit got me. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. So what God's saying is, hey, I have actually commanded you to be an influence over people. But when you're angry at people, you cannot be the blessing that I want you to be in their lives. So... We need to respond with kindness. We need to love all people. You need to love the arrogant bastard, the person persecuting you. You need to love your dad that did all of those things to you. Not in the sense that you need to be always that. Because if somebody, for instance, have molested you, you don't have to be the best friends with him, but you have to say, hey, you know what? I forgive you, and I love you, and I bless you in that. We need to be able to do that. Because if we don't do that, we negate our unfair advantage. We disqualify ourselves 
to, to actually experience the fruit of what God wants to do in our lives. And then also on how we handle people, Proverbs 22, um, 22 and 23, it says, Do not exploit the poor because they are poor, and do not crush the needy in court, for the Lord will take up their case and it will exact life for life. So this, if, if when I hear that people are, are taking advantage um, like poor, of poor people, then I, I'm reminded of this, what God's saying, in, in especially Proverbs. Because it's, it's so easy, because poor people, they obviously, they're needy, and they want it now, and they're desperate. And because they are desperate, there's an opportunity for all of us to take advantage of that, that desperation. And if we do that, we negate again the blessing of having an unfair advantage, of actually allowing blessing in our lives um, in order to help them or to have an impact in, in life. So, and then the last one is bad, bad stewardship. So, God has given you a talent, a talent. He is with you. He's given you a gift. And He wants you to, to use that as worship. But you're just not a good steward in in this area of your life, this gift, this gifting that God has given you. So it says in Judges um, 1, 18 and 19, the Lord, sorry, early 19, the Lord was with the men of Judah. They took possession of the hill country, but they were unable to drive the people from the plains because they had chariots fitted with iron. In other words, they had iron chariots. So it says here that the Lord was with Judah, but they couldn't drive out the people. In other words, I'm telling you, my son, the Lord is with you, but there are some people or some things, some mountains that you will not be able to conquer until you have acquired the skill to build the iron chariot, which means that you need to commit, which means that you need to put effort in, which means that you need to work on your skill, whether it's public speaking, communication, hearing from the Lord, prophesy, praying for the sick. All of that is building an iron chariot, worship. You need to work on that because Although the Lord is with you, you still need stewardship. So some, and I've seen it so often that Christians know the giftings that they have because they're in a prophetic community. People have prophesied over them, but then they don't work on it. You need to work on your skill. Okay, to summarize, God is with us. That is our unfair advantage. And because of that, we get to worship Jesus. And when we worship it's actually, it's like playing that hidden immunity idol. The enemy cannot touch us, but also we bring blessing everywhere we go. But there are three ways that we can negate this, probably more, but let's look at these three. It's sin. So if there's sin in your life, you, you're actually allowing for the devil to corrupt whatever you're bringing to the table. And the second one is, it's also actually in the category of sin, but it's very specific. It's a sin against love. You're supposed to love all people. It doesn't mean that you have to be friends with everyone, best friends with everyone, but you need to have the heart of Jesus for the person that's standing in front of you. No matter what He has done, we need to honor people because they are created in the image of God. And then the third one is, there's something that God has given you, and it's a skill, and you need to develop this. If you're not going to put effort in, if you're not going to show commitment, you will come up against the iron chariot and you will fail, even though God is with you because God has actually called you 
to be a steward of whatever he's given you. And stewardship is a big thing in, in, in the kingdom of God. Like often we want the, the guy the, to lay hands on us and then everything was happened. No, there's a seed planted. And that's amazing. I love people to lay hands on me. But there's a seed planted and you need to steward that. Okay. So now here we get to the deliverance part. Okay, you're still with me. Okay, quickly stand up. High five the person behind you. Say second sermon. Here we go. If, so if your parents are coming at 8, you're welcome to leave. But if you, if you can stay, that'd be, that'd be great. Okay. So here's my, here was the challenge that God has given me. He's, okay, almost said, it's great. You're telling them about this unfair advantage. But the unfair advantage is especially relevant in the realm of the spirit. Because that's where everything, where, where you actually operate from when you're a Christian. When I walk into, the, into a room, then I'm already, I'm a majority with the Spirit of God. I'm in the majority. You can call the shots. You can walk into, whether it's a classroom, into a business, and you can call the shots in the Spirit. Not in the natural, in the Spirit. You can't go to your dad and say, hey dad, I have the Spirit of Jesus in me, and I'm going to call the shots now. You cannot do that. But in the spirit, you can. So, whenever I'm, whenever I'm going into a situation where I feel like a, ner- a little nervous, I maybe have to speak to somebody that's, or confront somebody or somebody that's important, then I always go in with this attitude saying, God, I have, I have you with me. And I know that you have said this thing about this specific meeting. And I'm going to go with this momentum into this meeting. And I... And I know it to be true. And I've seen it to be true. But it's even more, more true, maybe not the right phrase, but when you work with people that struggle with difficult things in their lives. So, a couple of people in, have come to me over the years and they said, Hey, Armor, let's use Luke's example, for instance. Can I share your story? Okay, so Luke comes to me. He's, he's, a, he's still a student at Stamos. He said, Armor, when I'm lying in my bed, it feels like a, there's a voice in my head telling me that I must kill myself. That's what, and if you know Luke, Luke's always like, since I've met him, he's always like joyful, he's all over the place. I'm like, that's not Luke. Who is this? It's the devil. Is the devil accusing him and actually trying to kill him, literally, and then I look him in the eye and we said, we, I told him, he said, yeah, he knows it's not, this is not who he is. We said in the name of Jesus, out devil, and it went out. And he made some funny noises, but he's still a, he's a normal guy. Okay, no, he's not normal. Okay, so who of you in this room have received deliverance? Okay, in other words, a demon went out of you. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of people. And the Bible speaks about it. In, in Mark 3, he says that, that, we, that we are called, he calls his disciples. So if you're a disciple, you want to be a follower of Jesus. He calls his disciples to do three things. The one is to be with him. So all of us need to 
We need to long for intimacy with Jesus. We want to be with Jesus. And then it says to preach the word, and then often the thing that we neglect. We don't want to go there because we are so afraid of the devil. We actually give up our unfair advantage because we are fearful of what the devil can do. is to drive our demons. He literally says it. I think it's 323. I'm not sure. So I'm going to show you a video now. This is my, this is my dad. So he's a duomini, an ingekerk duomini. And um, now, just maybe just let you in into our, into our story. So my dad went to, or they were planning to go to Mozambique on a mission trip. They heard about the spiritual world being very real there. Some of you have heard this. No, it's very real over there. I tell you, it's very real over here too. It's all over the place. And God is for us. He's absolutely for us. And He wants us, He wants us, He he gives us insight into this thing so that he can help us with this unfair advantage of him being with us. So, and then my dad actually got Helene and Peter Tron. They're just here, Afrikaans people here from Mosul Bay, also normal people. And they did this deliverance course. I was actually at the, at the course. I was so afraid that I had demons in me. I was just like, Jesus, please, I don't want any, anything to do with this. And then the ne- very next day, Somebody came to my dad, and it was actually our neighbor, the lady that we've always, one of our friends' moms, we've always watched the rugby. We went to them and watched the rugby. That's like, that was our thing to do every Saturday. And she manifested a demon. And my dad's like in 20, 20 something years, he's never seen this in ministry. He's never seen a confrontation of, of, of what happened here in front of him in ministry. And he grew up in the, in the mission field in Transkai. He's been exposed to ministry all his life. And some of you are like, wow, that's so weird because you've seen it from a very young age. But that's, that's how I was brought up. And then it became a normal thing. It became so normal that I would phone home to my, and my brother would answer, my younger brother. And he, I'm like, hey, Andre, so where's dad? He's like, oh, no, he's probably driving on even somewhere. My, dad's, my brother is 14 years old. But the thing that it exposed us to was not, it was not, it was not all about the, the demons and everything that they can do. It exposed us to the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. And then there was a, there was a camp and there was a guy, one, a guy that I grew up with. He manifested a demon. I spoke in a, langu- in, in, a, in a tongue that I didn't know actually was really powerful in praying in tongue. And this guy, he was looking at my dad, turned to me while I was praying in tongue, and screamed at me and said, No! I'm like, whoa, I have something in me. Unfair advantage. And all of you have that. All of you have that. If you walk out of this door, the devil's like, Oh, I'm so scared of these people. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to show you, show you a video. Um. Can you play that anyway? Okay, just to stop quickly, stop quickly. Okay, yeah, well, you're so good with the lights. So I need to bring you, so this is a, this is a guy who came for um, counseling with my dad, and he's been, so he had a few open doors, so he had sin in his life, and he was cursed by a Sangoma. By the way, those things also also real, and so just, you can play from there. Is van die luipert. Dat ingekom met die raai voordokter. As jy nog in Abri is, dan sal jy nog gaan naar die voete van Jesus. Kijk vir my nie oor. Luipert gees. 
kijk die van my in die oor neem. Jy het geen recht om oor toe te maak nie, kijk vir my in die oor, lep het gees, in die naam van Heer Jesus Christus, en is die engel is al die hond om my, en kan niks aan in die naam van die Jesus Christus wat jy uitgaan luipert gees in die naam van die Jesus Christus in die naam van die Jesus Christus Jesus Christus waai dankie dat jy unfair advantage have you ever seen something like that it's my dad The one doing the deliverance. Yeah. <laughs> so my dad said he, he knew this is gonna be this is gonna be good. He because this guy ran into oh, so we have a little foyer and then he has his study where he usually does his counseling. So his friend, the guy who brought him, opened the door and this guy ran at him. And just as he's about to hit my dad, he hit her like a uh, invisible wall and just fell backwards because got unfair advantage like there's protection okay so the reason why i wanted to show you this is one the spiritual world is real and the second point is my dad he wasn't scared and the reason why he wasn't scared because he he knew from past experiences that jesus is stronger and i've had similar experiences you can ask luke we've been in me and meetings and deliverance meetings so we would tell angels because one guy was was throwing his hands all over the place and we told the angels okay now you keep his hands together because angels are for us god is for us you keep his hands together and this guy his hands was clinging to each other he even fell to the ground he couldn't he couldn't loosen his hands he he, he was like trying to get up without using his hands because God is for us. And I'm not special. My dad's not special. Luke's not special. Thomas that's done it a couple of times with me, he's not special. Estella's seen it. Busi has seen it. They're not special. It's Jesus that's in us. Okay, so, so this is what we want to do. I want all of you to stand. If you can hear the worship band up. It is, it is normal to be a little scared. But God can, if you give that to Jesus, He works with that. In a way, there's a, there's a reason why it's called the fear of the Lord. There's, that's a good, like you're scared of, of, of God, what He can do, of how amazing He is. You're in awe of who He is. So, when you looked at that and you felt like, oh man, maybe I have something. Maybe I need deliverance. That's fine. Great. That's why you're here tonight. And we're going to trust that God delivers you from everything. It's tonight. So that you can walk in this unfair advantage. So, if you, if you think of if that video, ask you this question, did that video glorify Jesus? Because that, 
So Sangoma is supposed to have lots of power. But that Sangoma spirit couldn't even get to my dad. He wanted to strangle. He couldn't even get to my dad. Why? Because Jesus is in him. So nobody can touch you if Jesus is in you. But sometimes through lies, sin, insecurities, we allow the devil a stronghold in our lives. And then we remain in Egypt. And we are still slaves to whether it's some sort of addiction, whether it's low self-esteem, whether it's anxiety, whether it's sickness or illness. But God actually has this for us. The promised land. Victory. Peace. All the fruits of the Spirit. Okay, so I want you to close your eyes. I can see if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, you've seen it, you've heard it. He is all-powerful and He is Lord. There's no one like Him. No one can touch Him. He has all authority. But He is also love. And He died on the cross for you. And He wants to give you everything that He died for on the cross. In other words, forgiveness, peace, love, reconciliation with the Father. He wants to quiet your mind. He wants to quiet all those insecurities. And He wants to deliver you. He is that person. So if you, you've not met with Jesus, then I want you to quickly raise your hand very high. Say, that's me. I'm why I want to come back to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can lower your hands again. Okay, so we're all going to pray this prayer together. We're going to ask for Jesus to just to show us the, the salvation of our souls. And those of you praying it for the first time, you're going to meet the Jesus now. And He's going to cleanse you. He's going to set you free. So let's pray together. Say, thank you, Jesus, that you've died on the cross for all my sin. Thank you that I can now receive forgiveness. And I can call you Lord. And therefore, I can also call you Daddy. Thank you that you love me. And thank you that you're always with me. Even though I mess up, you're always for me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So now I want um, people to come forward. And we're going to pray that people get set free tonight. I think it's something that God's challenging me on. It should be very normal. We just we don't have to do it somewhere up in a room in a secret place. People can be set free everywhere. And it's happened a couple of times in our church, and that's amazing. So if, you, if you're here in this room and you struggle with severe anxiety or depression and you've tried you've tried everything medication you've tried psychology or maybe you haven't tried anything but you know that everything in, in your own in your own efforts you've tried 
but you're still struggling with that, then I quickly want you to raise your hand. I've seen so many people being set free of this. And I'm trusting and I have faith that God wants to set you free tonight. Okay, you can lower, lower your hands. Anyone in this room that's struggling with addiction, in other words, it's just overwhelming. You just cannot stop. Whether it's smoking, it can be alcohol, it could be pornography. Yes, maybe you're going to feel a little exposed when you raise your hand. But just, hey, Jesus died on the cross publicly. Just raise your hand very high. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. This is boldness. Amazing. Thank you. You can lower your hands. God wants to set you free. Okay, if there are people in this in this room, like in the last month or so, you've you've had spiritual encounters. So you've been lying in your bed, and there's like a dark force or something pushing you against the bed. Either that happened, or you had demonic dreams, evil dreams. You know it's not who you are, but you had those dreams because they were in your mind. If that is you, just raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are exposing the works of the enemy. You can lower your hands. Just want to, and that, and that, I had the most horrible, horrific sexual dream two years ago during a church conference. I woke up that morning. I felt so dirty, so filthy. I was, Jesus, where should I repent? And then God said to me, that's not who you are, Amor. So I said, thank you, Jesus. The only thing that I'm going to repent about is that is not who I am. I don't have to take that defiling feeling onto myself. So I want to, because God's always for purity. He's always for holiness. So then the last group of people that God wants to set you free from is you are suffering from shame. It can be either something that's been done to you or it's something that you have done to somebody. Or something like a sin that you have committed. If that is you, you're suffering from shame, just raise your hand very high. Because God wants to set you free. Okay, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is amazing. <laughs> There's something that God wants to do tonight. Okay, I want all of you that raised your hands to come forward and I want you to expect God to touch you we're going to sing one worship song and then we're going to start praying for you and we're going to tell Egypt to go again we're not we're not glorifying the devil the devil is useless he was he was already defeated on the cross. Okay, so all of you that raise your hands, please come forward. So if we have Estelle, Ursula, Rico, Thomas, Marsant, Kanya, if you can also come and pray with, like all the facilitators, if you're Marika, Christian, okay, Tina's Hemdok, Sonosam, Kumbit, Warwick, Anna Mart, 
Okay, so we're going to, because it is actually, it be that it must fall away. Can we sing that song, that fall away song? So we're going to sing this. So what are we doing? We're saying, Jesus, you are Lord. And everything that doesn't submit to your Lordship in my life, whether it's a lie, an insecurity, sin, shame, addiction, all of that must go. And you have tried it in your own effort, but it, it will not go when you, when you try it and just do it from a, out of your own strength. It will go when we submit to the Lordship of Jesus. He is the ultimate authority. Okay, are you guys ready for this? Okay, thank you, Jesus. I guess, so if you're, if you're at the back, worship with us, pray with us. You can even come and just pray here with, with people. If you need to go at eight, that's fine with me. But let's respect what's happening here. These people need a touch from Jesus. And I know that he's, they're going to get it. Okay. So if, you, if you're here for, for just being set free, just stand like this. Just, you're going to just open your hands like this so we know who you are. <laughs> and it's also just a gesture to say, Jesus take my hands and, and come and do this Lord okay let's sing that song